Illustrious Geek, actually, episode 22. And yes, we've been gone for a very, very long time. I don't know, what, what three weeks? I think so, yeah. yeah and we are Sans Jamie. By the way, I'm yeah. Dave McVeigh. I'm joined by Dave Longo. How Hello, are you, Dave? guys? I'm good. Um, <laughs> we're, we're actually... Uh, Three weeks ago, that was less. That's as much time as there is until Star Wars. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's a direction I can turn in this room at the moment without seeing some Star Wars related thing. Uh, amazing. Yeah, actually, that's yeah. pretty true. I, I at think the moment. so. Yeah. Especially, especially the big Vader up on the back of here. Yeah. Right? Okay. I'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. So at twelve o'clock, there's a Darth Vader statue. At one, there's the BB-8 Sphero box. Yeah, yeah. At two, there's some Star Wars trivia cards. At three, there's R2-D2. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he was there. <laughs> we can just keep going. <laughs> I think that side of the room you kind of... Oh, no, there's an R2-D2 yeah. up the top up there. There you go. Yeah, there's Mr. Potato Head R2-D2. Good Lord, a magical mystery tour of the studio. <laughs> My magical For those who are new, tour. this is Geek Actually. This is the show about everything and nothing filtered through the geek perspective. We basically talk about movies, tech, whatever... And I thought we just, this is going to be, because we've been gone for three weeks, mm-hmm. three and a half weeks, um, it's going to be very movie heavy. There's no yeah. doubt about it, because we've got a bunch of films that we've been meaning to review and haven't gotten to shows because life has been getting in the way. Mm-hmm. But before we do any of that, I thought what we do is we just very quickly have our tech component say, I bought an iPad Pro, <laughs> which I'm now using as the soundboard in front of me, and it is amazing. And I'm just going to say right off the bat that... And this hurts me. This pains pains me. I'm going to say Steve. Tearing me apart. I'm going to say Steve Jobs was wrong. Okay, and I know that's that's sacrilegious in many worlds. So was Aaron Sorkin, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say Steve Jobs was wrong because now the MacBook, now the iPad Pro has come out, um, and we've got to play with the pencil. Steve Jobs said you didn't need a stylus. Your finger was the only stylus you ever needed how wrong that mm. was. The pencil proves that a good stylus is amazing. Yeah. You've played with it. You've yeah, you couldn't done... get it out of my hands that night. No. <laughs> it's a pixel-perfect yeah. stylus that can draw a thin line or shade an entire... Yeah. It is amazing. And for those who are on the fence as to whether or not they're thinking about an iPad Pro, the only thing that you're going to have to get used to with it is the sheer size of it because mm. it is a big sheet of glass in your hand. But other than that, it is an amazing amazing device and I'm very very happy with it even though it cost me an arm and leg and I had to mortgage my child to buy it. but that's beside the point so yes that is that. that's our tech news for the day there you go what <laughs> You've got a new laptop too, though, don't you? Ah, yeah, I got a MacBook Pro. You got the a Retina one, too. Beautiful MacBook Pro. Yeah, baby, you've entered my world. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. <laughs> I haven't had a laptop for a while, and it's just it's changes everything. It's amazing how you get used to stuff mm. because um, you'll play with your own your lap your MacBook or your laptop or whatever it is, and you'll play with it for years, and you'll sit there and go, "Oh, but this is the way it is." And when you get your new one, suddenly a lot changes over the yeah. last few years and things are much faster and better and what have you. And suddenly you go, oh, I actually maybe should have upgraded this a little bit sooner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You start to think like, well, what have I been doing the last couple of years? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, yeah, we've all, we're all a little bit teched up here right now. So And uh, there's BB-8 Sphero. And there's BB-8 Sphero, which we have talked about on the show yeah. before, but he is gorgeous. Yeah. And you were saying- I met BB-8. <laughs> you met BB-8 too. You were with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 And if you want to yeah. see what BB-8 looks like, go to Dave's Facebook page. Yay. Um, where you have yourself hugging. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm hugging there. The um, if you want to go, if you want to go hug BB-8, yeah. he is currently at yeah. the Hoyts at the yeah. EQ. You got to realize, like Dave, that BB-8 is symbolic of everything that's magical about movies, because he he was a drawing that Ralph McQuarrie did in 1976 
in pre-production on Star Wars. And has now been realised. And is now realised. Not only as a like, CGI, but it's real. Yeah. It what, exists. What does disappoint me a little they bit... They made that what was once unreal... Real. Yeah, what disappoints me a little bit? But originated from someone bit? who's dead, who's not alive to see it. Well, and that's, that's Ralph McQuarrie dead. I yeah, Ralph McQuarrie died a few years ago. Oh, okay. yeah. um, I, the only thing that disappoints me a little bit, and it's not a major disappointment, don't get me wrong, mm. I'm just a little bit disappointed, is the fact that in The Force Awakens, it's a puppet. Because they didn't yeah, quite yeah, have yeah. the robot built yet. But that we, again shows... We, you know. we now know that it exists, because we've seen it roll out onto the Comic-Con yeah. stage. And they had him finish. Sphero actually designed the working robot mm-hmm. and which you can now get a little tiny version of but yeah. they designed the main robot and that wasn't ready until the very end of force awakens mm. which means that in the next star wars film it will be yeah. the robot but which it, is cool but even still being a puppet it's still real it's an amazing puppet yeah it's still real it's like there's not a human being inside no. it and it's know? an amazing puppet think about the mechanics that must yeah. go along to trying to get that thing pup- yeah. the, the puppeteering on that particular device is staggering mm. but yeah so think about this in the future star wars that is a real robot yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, we were, we were doing it like uh like how amazing and iconic he is just on his own he's know? become like, as well, what, what, like you, you get a 20 cent coin and a five cent coin you've got bb8 true That's i it, think you know? i think he has become as iconic and the film hasn't even come out hasn't yet. hasn't even come out yet. He has become as iconic as R2-D2 was in the first film. I think so, yeah. Everybody and knew R2-D2. You know what's so strange, too, is that um, that I got... Uh, because the new wave of Hasbro figures is out. Hmm. Uh, and I, I got um, the C-3PO R2-D2 and the BB-8. And the three of them fit together so magically. Hmm. It's wonderful. Like, the height ratio and the color and everything. BB-8's it's, smaller than all of them, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's smaller. and um, But just if you put him in the middle of R2 and Freepio, it's amazing. It's That's cool. That's cool. I don't know how to explain it. It's like, the, like you, when you look at the evolution of the human being. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like... The- we are going to go into our Star Wars trivia in a minute. So I thought, well, oh, seeing as we are in Star Wars territory, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about this slew of TV spots mm-hmm. that has been coming out for Star Wars over the last, well, three weeks. Play the Celebrate song again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have seen, what is it? Now? We're up to 11. Is that right? Something like that. I maybe think we're up more. to 11 yeah. TV spots at the moment. As I think our, our uh, esteemed colleague Richard Gray said, this is the movie that they're doling out to us. 30 seconds at a time. <laughs> yeah, but which is which, which is, is actually not true because they're untrue, actually yeah. pretty much yeah. the same material. Yeah. Just rearranged. Just a couple of different shots. Constantly. And, yeah. But I mean, like when you think about how many cast members that we've not seen yet or heard of mm. and how much we actually know about the plot. Oh, and some of the rumors going around as yeah. to what some of these people are going to be playing. Yeah. Oh, I've got, I've got, I've got that. I've started a list. Yep. I'm not going to bury the lead completely, but I've got a lot planned for our... Star Wars Force Awakens special. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> there may be a list of the top 20 rumors leading up to Force Awakens. Whether right or wrong. Mm. Yeah, okay, fair <laughs> enough. I'm actually curious to see how some of these rumors play out. Yeah. Because there are some wild speculations some of them are, That's what gave me the, the idea when we yeah. were talking about this Andy Circus rumor. The 25-foot tall snow. For those yeah, who don't know, yeah, yeah. For those who <laughs> don't know yeah. uh, an interview with Andy Circus came out recently where, these, where he was actually describing working on Force Awakens saying he was on a 25-foot tall scaffold mm. um, talking down to the other players. And he said, and they congified me by putting speakers all around the room to give me size and scope. And at that point, the interviewer kind of had to stop and go, wait a minute, does this mean that Snoke is 25 feet tall? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, like, so yeah, the rumor at the moment is that Andy Serkis' character Snoke is yeah. 25 feet tall. So, 
We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> what is he, a rancor? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we, the the rumors are wild, and and we've also had that one rumor that uh, we know we kind of have been given a rumor as to what Max von Sydow might actually be. And we're not talking about the Boba Fett one; that's an old rumor. Yeah. But there's that one where he was a commander of one of the ships that crashed on Jakku, mm-hmm. which is another one of the rumors that's going around. So there's so many, so much crazy nonsense. Uh, and these are not spoilers because we know nothing. We know we know nothing, Jon Snow. Yeah, we know nothing, Jon Snow. This is yeah. all just rumor. Um, this is one of those rare cases where God, I wish I could find the script online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, like as I've been saying for ages, because I've always been that guy that's like, I don't watch the trails, I don't yeah. watch the trails. I'd read but, the script. You know, but like Star Wars is the exception. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Give me the script now. I'll turn the last page first. <laughs> yeah, no. Because <laughs> I want to know what happens in number eight, damn it. No, well, they've started filming number eight as well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's actually gone into production. That's I think they had their first day of shooting last week. Oh, right, really? Yeah, I think they've actually yeah, started sure. shooting. Yeah. I could be wrong about that. Don't write in. Oh, also, word of warning. To every listener there and to you, Dave, that the soundtrack listing is out. Ooh, I'm going to go look at it. Yeah, I I, I'm not. I'm yeah. trying to avoid this, so please don't send anything my way. <laughs> okay, don't send anything uh, about apparently, the soundtrack. Apparently, it's not Qui-Gon Jinn's Noble End bad. Or Qui-Gon's but, Funeral. <laughs> that yeah, was my favorite yeah. track. But what I have heard is that it does lay out the movie. Right. Okay, well, I'm going to go look for that. Yeah, so. <laughs> of course you are. Yeah. For the, for hey, the I just, very, said, I just yeah. said I would read the script. Yeah. You don't think yeah, I'm going to look true. at a track listing? Yeah. For the very special track, 25 Foot <laughs> <laughs> The Enormous <laughs> Smoke. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's not that he's enormous. Maybe it's just the six clones of the Emperor just standing on top of each other. <laughs> well, there's, there's an idea. There's an idea. I just realized that I don't think I have. I don't think. Oh, no. Oh, no. I what don't happened? think I have the uh, Star Wars music on my. <laughs> I've just rebuilt the soundboard. Because of... Let me let me while we keep talking, I'm going to see if I can actually bring this up. So keep talking. Okay. Uh, we, Star can't, Wars we we really can't. We really can't uh, do Star Wars trivia. Without, okay. Well, why is the trivia? We should say that the TV spot came out uh, recently that we're going to play soon. Oh, let's do that uh, now. Actually, you want to do that now while, while we're talking? Yeah. So this is basically you heard me whistle. <laughs> Whistle it poorly, <laughs> but it's the first confirmed new theme that John Williams has written for Force Awakens. That's exciting. And Dave and I are just like enormous film soundtrack collectors, so John Williams' music is one of the very most important things mm-hmm. uh, for us in, in particular. And it's just like he's the co-writer of the of the Star Wars movies, and you know we're getting a true gift here, like symphonic music, and we get to hear a taste of a theme, and it's just it's magic. Uh, so let's pull it up. What do you Yeah, let's Dave? fire it up. Let's do it. Here we go. Who are you? I'm no one. Follow me. Nothing will stand in our way. I'll show them the dark side. I don't know your name. Finn, what's yours? I'm right. You might need this. Force Awakens. That that announcer's not saying it right. 
Star Wars, The Force Awakens. <laughs> you want to hear um, Star Wars? That's what I want. The Force Awakens. <laughs> that's, no. what I, that's what I want to hear. Oh, Absolutely. can we do our I'm Ray impressions? You... I'm Ray. Oh, hello. <laughs> what the hell's going on here? Oh, it's, it's looping. What it's looping. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Okay. Uh, go. I'm Ray. I'm Ray. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that raises a very interesting question, which I raised just before the show, which is why is she allowed to be British? And because we know British people are evil, Mm -hmm. right? Because in the Star Wars Empire, British people are evil. And yet, um, yet John Boyega. The Emperor Empire is British. Well, of course. Well, all of the Empire is British, I think. Well, I think Adam Driver is American, I think. Oh, he'll put on a British accent. Sorry. Oh, he might not be be Empire, though. Well, he's, he's, he's Ren. Yeah, but he's he's Sif or Sif fanatic. No, because remember, James not, Earl Jones wasn't yeah. British either. So, yeah. uh, uh, but, but you've got that abdominal uh, Gleason. As yeah, the, absolutely. The but question General is, and, and and Captain Phasma's English. Yes. Uh, que- the question who had is, like five seconds in Hunger Games? What the hell was that? What I know, that? weird, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, question was, I uh, will come back to Hunger Games in a minute. But the question was, why is John Boyega not allowed to keep his natural accent? Yeah, I don't know. He has to put on an accent, but Ray doesn't. Mm. She has to. I'm Ray. I'm Ray. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So I don't know if this is the right music uh, or I never not. Thought about it that way. There's, so yeah. tell me, this clip debuted some original new John Williams music. Yes, uh, which at first it was unsure, but it was confirmed by Variety uh, that it. How did that make you feel, Dave? Oh man, I think I teared up hearing it. Like for me, it's like how I really teared up uh, hearing about it was. Um, when I listen to a podcast, a great podcast called Star Wars Oxygen, right. where they go through the John Williams music, and they played that theme on a piano after listening to it, and you heard the theme on its own. And it's like, um, but to me, like John Williams is, is a massive, it's a massive thing for me. And this could be his swan song. There is yeah. a lot of talk yeah. that he's retiring after this yeah. film. So this could be the last John Williams, you know yeah. what I mean? So, and when, when, when we say we're soundtrack collectors, we're not just like, oh, we've got a few, you know. We're, 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 <laughs> we got, we got, listen I've, to soundtracks I've got weekly. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, there's a whole wall behind me. Like, um, like I, I, would, I would have run the Star Wars soundtracks thousands and yeah, thousands absolutely. of times. You know, um, and it's not just like, yeah, the main theme's cool. It's like, you know, they mean a lot. They, mm. they, as, uh, it's with a 100% straight face that we say, John Williams is a co-writer of these films. Let's put this into context. In 1976, when George Lucas was making Star Wars, his original plan was to use classical music Mm. a la Stanley Kubrick in 2001. It was his friendship with... Steven Spielberg, where Spielberg yes. said, you should meet this composer guy that does work for me. Mm-hmm. And they met, and the rest is history. Yeah. And Star Wars, let's face it, would not be Star Wars no. without that music. It is mm. it is infused by that yeah. music. And, and Star Wars is very much a part of the entire atmosphere. And that's why, for me personally having grown up with all the Star Wars films, it's going to be very odd to see a Disney logo at the beginning. Yeah. Because the the 20th Century Fox fanfare is as much Star Wars Mm. as anything else in the film. And I know it doesn't belong to Star Wars, but it is so infused into that opening of Star Wars that it's going to be kind of odd to not have that drum roll. I'm sure you'll move past it. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas if it didn't have John Williams... Well, you know, because see, like that's little the thing things. Is, like, like the next one might not have John Williams, but if this is the swan song, then it's cool. You know? mm. But like, because um, you know they're going to re- rehash. Like, that was one of the things. Like, we shouldn't bury the lead about Rocky, about Creed, 
But Creed had a great soundtrack. It had a lot of music. We'll come back to that because there's a lot to talk about. I know we'll definitely come back to that. But I just wanted to bring it up because it was startling to me to hear symphonic music in a movie. Because it's so rare now these days that we get movie music. And it's actually really interesting. You know. Well, I think we actually get a lot more than we think we do. I mean, it's probably... No, we do. We do. We the problem like is, stuff, yeah, it's one, so of the, one of the discussions between. I've been having with Nicholas a lot, which is my son Nicholas, um, is we are in an era at the moment that is, not, that is devoid of theme. Yeah. Uh, symphonic music is almost in every film, but we don't play to that big theme theme anymore yeah. it's a very much background or incidental mm-hmm. or it's driving music or it's it's action music but I everyone mean, knows what it is it's it's yeah or it's the whereas yeah exactly yeah when you look at back to the 80s or even the 70s or even into the 90s when you think about back to the future you think of the theme when you think of superman you think of the theme where's lost ark the theme, and it's like there's this big theme that when it swells, mm. and I, and a, a great um, example of this is James Bond, because when Casino Royale came out, there was no James Bond theme. It wasn't until the end credits, yeah. And the argument was, oh, he hasn't earned the theme yet. He's not James Bond yet. But you noticed mm. that it was not there, yeah. And it didn't. And the thing is, Casino Royale. As much as I love Casino Royale, I think it's a great film. Feels like a Bourne film, not a James Bond film, mm. because it just feels like an action film. Yeah. Without the theme, it's not James Bond. And you I know? still, I still think there are some great soundtracks that are made, but they're never as yeah, exactly as you're saying. It's never theme. The closest heavy. we've come, the closest we've come is the Avengers. Yeah. The Avengers has a theme, and maybe. Giacchino's music. Giacchino is good and he does do themes, but mm. I've yet to hear the one Giacchino theme yet where I've gone, that's going to be remembered forever. I, I I kind of would disagree with you. I mean, I kind of would agree with you, but I disagree on The Incredibles. Oh, I, actually, I think, no, I, I think agree. The Incredibles yeah. is, is, the, is gold da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, yeah da, okay. Da, da. The fact that I can pull that yeah. up off the top yeah. of my head and that and the Star, Star Trek theme. Yes, Exactly. Yeah. Um, um, so there's a couple, and he's got yeah, a couple in Lost as well, which yeah. are really good too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oddly enough, interesting fact about Lost <laughs> that the theme title was done by J.J. Abrams. Oh, interesting. So, uh, yeah, I'm not talking about that though. There's actually a piece of music yeah, yeah. in Lost in there's the soundtrack. Heaps, the in the life soundtrack. And death. Well, in the soundtrack to Lost, there's one track in particular mm. that actually plays throughout all the seasons. Yeah. And it's whenever they're like the on the search thing? for the yeah. march. Yeah. How's that go? It's, and uh, it's brilliant. It is an amazing piece yeah. of music. All I can think of is the life and death theme at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's like bump, but I bump, bump, bump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I bump, bump, bump. Something like that. Yeah. yeah and it's yeah. great stuff. And you sit there and you listen to it. But when you, when you think about massive He's themes. He's always, Michael Giacchino is always that, you know, that. That kind of thing. We're going to do a soundtrack show. We have to do one. You and yeah. I are going to do a soundtrack show. Because I guess, like, like, not to harp on this for another bloody, you know, 20 minutes or anything, but it's like the cinema, like, people got to understand is, is the last hope for symphonic music. You know, it's keeping it alive. Like, There's a know. few composers still keeping it alive. I think yeah. Giacchino is a great example. Mm-hmm. Loduca is another one. Yeah. Who Thomas keeps, Newman. Thomas Newman. Uh, uh, James Newton Howard. Yeah. Um, Alan are, Silvestri is still going Alan strong. Silvestri is still going strong. Uh, Bruce Broughton is mm-hmm. still around. He's not out of the picture yet. Yeah. So. There's like uh, people killing it in TV, like Raman Jawadi. Game yeah, well, Ramadrati in film as well. Yeah, well, yeah, and yeah, in video games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ramadrati. I mean, he's had a couple where you sit there and go, "Yeah, that's a little bit weak." Yeah, but, but there, still. there are others where you sit yeah. there and go, "No, that's a hot theme." Yeah, Game of Thrones. Yeah. is a hot. Game theme. of Thrones is an amazing film. Mm. 
Uh, yeah. I don't know who the composer is, but Jessica Jones. Oh, that's that's um Sean Callery. Oh uh, who God, did, that's who did the great Twenty Four music. Right. Uh, yeah. The Jessica Jones theme yeah. is brilliant because it starts yeah. sounding like a Sam Spade detective yes. thing, and then yeah. gets into that really hardcore, yeah. uh, really good theme. And With, the other and the other good theme was mm. Daredevil. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The, the TV show Daredevil. Yeah, I don't know who did that, either, but that was also yeah. really good. Anyway, you're gonna say? Yeah. No, I was just gonna say that with um with Force Awakens, why it's so kind of great is that it's John Williams. Yeah, who which is, is which is the, the master you know, of yeah, theme. and John Williams doesn't work that much anymore. People, no. you know, like um, let's not forget that the last Spielberg film that we just did, we reviewed, was not John Williams. was not John Williams. And yeah. John Williams, for those who are keeping score, John mm. Williams has scored every Steven Spielberg. Theatrical feature film. Mm-hmm. Duel wasn't a theatrical feature film. Yeah. So from Sugarland Express onwards, onwards yeah. with the exception of two. Mm-hmm. One is Color, Color Purple. Purple because he wanted Quincy Jones. Yeah. Um, and but then John Williams got to do Amistad. Oh, well, Amistad, yeah. And then, of course, this latest one mm-hmm. because John Williams is pretty much semi retired. Yeah. You know? The man is a million years old. Leave him alone. He can rest on his laws. Yeah. The man is in the Guinness Book of World Records yes. as being the most, most Oscars or something? No, he's mm-hmm. the most. Profitable film composer in history. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, because he's, the he's, he's scored yeah. more top ten films than any other composer in history. Yeah, well, you could just rattle them off, and it's astounding. You know, like we could. All Jaws, day Star Wars, Indiana e. Jones, E.T. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jurassic well, Park. Are we seeing? Yeah. A, are we seeing a pattern here? Spielberg, Spielberg. Spielberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like this is one thing that frustrates the shit out of me too, is because, um, you know, uh, the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Like for Star Wars, whenever someone shits on the prequel trilogy, I always point them towards John Williams' music. Yeah. Because John Williams really, really did some astonishing work in that in that trilogy. You know, like you just can rattle them off, the jewel, the fates, you know, it's like it's incredible work. Mm. But it's just it's just nobody can really kind of do it in the way that he does it. And when like here's a really good example, like that theme that we just heard from The Force Awakens, which is just a taste of that movie. Is just like all it is is just that. Mm, mm, that's it. Yeah, that's absolutely. it. You know, it's like I have, I have you know, right here. Actually, I didn't realize I'd loaded this on the soundboard. We played this before on the show, but I'm going to do it again because I love it. This is a piece of John Williams music that has disappeared into time now. Into the ether. That this piece of music has disappeared. Yeah. Um, Celebrate the love. <laughs> so what? So those who are going, oh, but I know that piece of music is on Star Wars. It's not anymore. No. It's gone. It's not on the soundtrack anymore. Yeah. It's vanished into the into the ether because Lucas decided to excise it. Mm. And when they did it, it's not even as an alternate track on yeah. the soundtrack. It's just gone. Luckily, I have the original soundtrack, yes. which yeah. has still has it. Um, the other piece of music that has been excised. Gone, and it's actually not even on the original soundtrack. Is Lapty Neck, Lapty Neck, yeah, which is vanished. It's like it doesn't exist. That was not John Williams though, Lapty Neck. Hey, that was um, Toto. Was that Toto? Yeah, I think so. Because John Williams' son is the lead singer of Toto. Uh, uh, yeah, I believe so. I'm not 100 percent on that, but uh, 
some hearsay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. But I'm pretty sure that Toto did did a song for Jedi. Maybe they did the Jedi Rocks instead. I, I'm pretty sure they did. did yeah, it. I'm not sure. Not sure. Anyway, yeah. so that's that's a little bit of Ewoks. We'll let uh, we'll let those die. But anyway, guys, I'll, I'll we should just move on for Force Awakens, I suppose. But like, we're 18 days away. We're 18 days away, and, and um, as we say, the TV spots are dropping, and we got to say this particular TV spot. I think it's TV spot eight. If you want to go find mm-hmm. it, uh, shows a little bit more of your favorite character, yes. which yeah. is BB-8. So go yeah. on, hit it. Come on, hit it. Red squad, blue squad, take my lead. I'm on it. You're going with your team. BBA, hold on. Star Wars: The Force Awakens. <laughs> now, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, oh, we're rolling straight into another TV spot. All right, I don't know what is cooler in that trailer. Let me let me recount the ways, and you tell me what is cooler. Mm-hmm. BB-8 firing cables and holding himself up and then re-aligning re- his head. Yes. Nia Numb as an X-Wing pilot. Or there was one other thing. What was the other thing? Oh, the stormtrooper who can fight with a light... With basically fight a lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> BB-8. Yeah. See, 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 BB-8... Like, I, I can't go on enough about how much I love BB-8 because, I don't know, he's just, he's just two moving pieces, Dave. That's it. He doesn't even speak, but he's so expressive. And he's just, um, he's pure cinema to me. He's an amazing creation, you know, and he's huggable and lovable. You but, hugged him. And he's full of surprises. <laughs> like, um, but, the, but, but see, like, the, like, my impression of BB-8 is just this character that's just, you know, ee, you know, like, he's happy to be where he is. Like, uh, is he an know. astromech? I don't know. Well, he, in the, some of the toys, he goes into the He X-wings, goes into the X-Wings. And you see so. a clip of him in an X-Wing, I think. Uh, or maybe. So is he actually considered an astromech or is he something altogether different? Who knows? He's full of surprises. He is full of we'll surprises. Find out. But what I love about that, how, it's particularly how they've puppeteered him or animated him that, that gives him such yeah. unique life to me. But like, I get the impression that that scene is that he's just happy to be rolling around that Millennium Falcon. <laughs> like, I'm just a ball bouncing around, whatever. You have a strange you know, impression of what yeah, this robot's going to yeah. be. But this is how much character I read into him and he's just two moving pieces. <laughs> you know, and like, I have my impression is he's rolling around that thing like, ah, and then, and then when she goes, hold on, it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, and the way his head rolls around, sort of, it's like he's saying, I've held on. Is that okay? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. All right, well, we should get into it now. You guys I, feel the love. I've actually found a track that says John Williams end, end credits, but I have no idea what's end credits to. So I'm just going to play this, and hopefully it's a Star Wars theme, but it probably isn't. So let's have a listen. No, that's Jurassic not it. World. All right, so forget Jurassic that. Park. We're going to do this without without a theme, then. Okay, not a problem because I, I can't uh, I can't find oh, the theme. Let's just do it. So uh, I'm going to fire off some quick, fast Star Wars trivia cards. The pressure. And this time, I got to tell you, I actually uh, didn't, I didn't pre-read them. Oh, okay. So, so I don't know if they're going to be extremely. So hard we don't know if they're hard or easy, but we'll just do five really quickly. Okay. And remember, if you call, if you say it, you can have the multiple choice. Okay. <laughs> I won't do that one. Oh no, no, you say you like the behind the scenes more than you like the actual story. Right, Is well, that right? Okay. Is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who just... portrayed General Riken? Oh shit, yeah, I don't know. All right, yeah, so your choices choice. are Oliver McGuire, Kenneth Colley, Mark Jones, or Bruce Boa. I wouldn't no have known idea. this either. I don't know this. This yeah. is Bruce Boa. I wouldn't have known that either, yeah. so don't feel bad. Yeah. 
Uh, all right. Who was a slimy, double-crossing, no-good swindler? Yeah, that was um, Lando. No. Oh, Lando saying it too solo. Too solo. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Han Solo was the, was the slimy. That's right. I thought that was who's the quote attributed no, to. No, no, it's saying who yeah. was a. Yeah. Uh, no, that's too hard. You slimy, dude. I'm going to throw this one out to the audience, see if they know the answer to oh, this Oh, okay, one. so okay. I should not answer So that. you don't answer this okay. one because – this is ridiculous. Okay. Who was the chief model maker on Star Wars? Okay. So how ridiculous is that? Okay. What's the choices? Steve Gawley, Lorne Patterson, uh, Peterson, sorry, Paul Houston, or Tom Ruddock. Who in their right mind would know this? Yeah, I don't think I know that. Um, Who was it? Of whom was Darth Vader speaking when he said, he will join us or die? Who was he speaking about? Who was he speaking about? Uh, it's Luke, isn't Luke, it? Luke, yeah. absolutely. All right, good stuff. Ah, here we go. This is this is original Star Wars, all right? Okay. Who played Boba Fett? Oh, Jeremy Bullock. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> there is only one answer. Yeah, that, by the way. <laughs> yeah I didn't even... Uh, well, who, who did... Who did uh, what's his name? Tamara Morrison. Morrison. Yeah. Actually, he only, just re- a man. he only revoiced him. I'm just a man making his way through the galaxy. <laughs> Uh, what did Yoda tell Luke Skywalker he would be? Um, although he would be, you will be afraid. I'm afraid. Yeah. Thank you very much. And last but not least, how many ATATs were spotted on Hoth? Oh, sh- free. Five, my friend. Oh, five. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There's your Star Wars trivia for the week. Yay! Yay! They're crappy. Star Wars. They're crappy questions. They really are. Some of them right. are really, really. That's they go from. I don't know. They go from ridiculously stupidly easy to so hard yeah. that it's pointless. All right. Uh, and by the way, if you answer that Star Wars question on our Facebook page, uh, you win nothing. The chief All right. model maker. <laughs> the chief model maker of Star Wars. So let's get on with this. We also have another trailer that we want to talk about, but we're going to do our first of our film reviews because we've got mm-hmm. three film reviews, and they actually rate down from we don't need. <laughs> to talk much about them all the way through we need to talk a lot yeah. about it okay so the first one is going to be our fastest one mm-hmm. because it was actually a few weeks ago now and we really just want to mention it because we did talk about it leading up to our absence so let's talk about it and that would be Spectre the new James Bond film directed by Sam Mendes and written by oh my god an entire credit list of people same people did Skyfall plus one that's enough there you go starring Daniel Crave uh, Daniel Crave Daniel Craig I don't know how to pronounce her name is it Leia Uh, Sado Leia Sado Leia Sado yeah and a whole bunch of other people who were all in Skyfall, mm-hmm. plus Christoph Waltz. Yes. Okay, yes. so we'll put it that way. And if we want to get the Scooby the, Gang, the Scooby <laughs> Gang, and the uh, IMDb says a cryptic message from Bond's past sends him on a tra- uh, trail to uncover a sinister organization. While M battles political forces to keep the Secret Service alive, Bond peels back the layers of deceit to reveal the terrible truth behind Spectre. You have no authority. None. Mexico City. What were you doing there? I was taking some overdue holiday. So what's going on, James? They say you're finished. What do you think? I think you're just getting started. Magnificent, isn't she? Zero to 60 in 3.2 seconds. A few little tricks up her sleeve. Do one more thing for me. What do you have in mind? Make me disappear. 
tell me where he is. He's everywhere. If you go there, you're crossing over to a place where there is no mercy. You're protecting someone. Get away from me! Why should I trust you? Because right now, I'm your best chance of staying alive. This organization, do you know what it's called? Its name is Spectre. And do you know who links them all? Me. Welcome, James. You came across me so many times, yet you never saw me. What took you so long? Is this really what you want? Living in the shadows? Hunting? Being hunted? Always alone? I don't stop to think about it. It was me, James. The author of all your pain. That is a sensational trailer. Can mm. I tell you? It actually gives me goosebumps when I watch that trailer. Yeah. The trailer, I think, is actually better than the film. Um, and I think the reason why is because the film actually pads it out a lot more than that. Mm. Um, whereas when you're getting to Bond, you just want to get into it. And when they do get into it, they get into it big time. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed Spectre. Don't get Same. me wrong. I loved it, actually. I yeah. don't think it is the best of the new run of Bond films. I think it is actually the second. Uh, sorry, I take that back. A uh, third mm. best of the new Bond films. After Skyfall. <clears throat> Uh, after Skyfall, actually. I think Casino Royale, by hands down, is still the best of the Daniel Craig films. I yes. watched it again the other yeah. night, and it still holds up. I think Quantum of Solace is the worst of the Daniel Craig mm-hmm. films. I don't and I don't hate Quantum of Solace. It's just nothing happens. Yeah. It's a really dull film. Skyfall made a great sense of getting it back on track. Sam Mendes was a good choice of director. And I think he continues this. Where this film falls down without giving spoilers is a little bit of what's actually in the trailer, which is because they try and neatly bundle or retroactively bundle all four films together saying mm. that they're all actually linked feels almost a little bit awkward. Yeah, it's the only the only aspect of the movie that I was a little bit unsure yeah, about. Yeah, same here. I didn't I didn't hate it at all. I just I remember walking out of it going, I really would like to watch it again. And I, and I will. Yeah. When it comes out yeah. on Blu-ray, I'll buy it. I've got all. I've got all of the. I've got every Bond film mm. on disc. So I'm a big Bond fan. Yeah. And I, what I did appreciate about this film, I think most, was the fact that it felt like a Bond film. Yes. It yeah. had more of the Bond theme. It had Bond doing Bond style. It had gadgets. It had all the Daniel Craig's. They've been so cautious to not be a Bond film. They're trying to make it a more modern film that they seem to have lost a little bit of what Bond was about, which was the humor and the silliness and the fact that he's a super spy and can do anything. And this film recaptures a lot of that, I think. Um, So I liked it. I thought it was good. Go. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, like I walked out like unsure about that little aspect. Mm. There's a twist in the middle, I suppose, like a revelation made about, the yeah. past, like we don't really need to go into no, it, no. but it's it's a little bit iffy. It's rocky. I it actually, makes sense, and it's like it's 
it's interesting, but it's it was unnecessary. It's out of nowhere, and it's kind of also, especially if you're a Bond. By the fan, time you can really connect the dots in your head, the movie's already moved past it. Well, and also, yeah. if you're a Bond fan, you're already very intimately um, familiar. familiar with the character. Yeah. We didn't need to rewrite his yeah. origin story, so yeah. to speak. And I think that was a little bit awkward. And it's like, it's not bad. It's just a little bit... It's, yeah, yeah. uncomfortable, awkward. You know, but I the rest of the, the movie is impeccably shot. And like a lot of people were complaining about the pace of it, finding it too slow. But I, I loved how it was paced. I personally. thought it was paced actually very nicely. Yeah. Because like it, it harkens back to like kind of like a 60s spy kind it of It feels film. like a Bond film. You know, like lots total, of build up, yeah. big action scene. Lots yeah. of build up, big action scene. And like all the criticisms like, oh, Crystal Fultz is not that heavy a presence. And it's like... Go back and watch an earlier Bond, you know, like the villain. Blofeld always usually came in at the end. Yeah, you know, that exactly. was the whole, whole idea. Yeah, you know, and um, and the pacing. I think people are getting uncomfortably, like, um, impatient. Well, one of, one of the, it? I think yeah. one of the one of the um, issues that people are probably having is the fact that Casino Royale sets such a pace. Yeah, that they're lost track of what a Bond film actually is. Yeah, and it's Casino like, Royale felt like, like this boring. movie has like what ten set pieces. Yeah, and it's like like people are whinging about like having to wait fifteen minutes in between action scenes. Mm, it's mm. like guys, like but not well, not guys as in men. Yeah, like, guys as every general audience. You know? Yeah, like um, just sit back what? and sit enjoy. Back and enjoy it, you know? Sit back and yeah, enjoy. Yeah. You know, and um, and the payoff and will be Sam Mendes is just incapable of putting anything bad on the screen mm. and Daniel Craig is amazing to watch and all the other characters are really enjoyable and it's just a real, it's Monica in Bellucci. my opinion it's tight you know and Monica Bellucci in my opinion it's tight uh, not, not, yeah. <laughs> that one you, you stepped on my joke there uh, <laughs> <laughs> no Monica look, and there was actually and Sado Leia Sado's lovely, and she's a really wonderful actress. Really good, wonderful yeah. actress. And people were saying her character was weak in this, and I don't think it's weak. It's she's just not. She's trapped in a bad situation. Yeah, yeah. I thought the, the thing that I thought was most interesting was uh, there was a uh, story that came out. There was an interview uh, with Daniel Craig, who they're asking about Monica Bellucci, mm-hmm. and he said, "What you guys don't understand is that she's my age." Yeah, it's like it's actually age appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you see, I listened to a very long interview of Daniel Craig where he was talking about how. The com- he's really annoyed that the comments that he makes about the character are, are misconstrued as him hating the character and the franchise. Mm. And where he's like, just because I think the character is a misogynist and does all this stuff doesn't mean that I don't like him as a character. Because that's, that's what makes Bond, Bond interesting. Bond has always been sexist. You know? That's the whole point that, of it. That's what makes him playable to <laughs> yeah. an actor. It's like Daniel Craig said something which was which should be obvious. It shouldn't need to be said, but it's, he said, I'm not like James Bond mm. in real life. Like I don't drive expensive cars and I'm, I'm, you know, I don't fly around the world and, you know, kill people. Yeah. You know, it's like Bond is who he is because of these traits. And, you know, just cause I'm saying that I don't like him doesn't mean I don't you enjoy play him playing yeah. him. Yeah. You know, um, it's so, it's so interesting. It's like, um, you know, it's it's a Bond film in every sense. Go in, enjoy. You know, like don't don't go in, like. And this is the thing: Skyfall itself is a Bond film. Mm. It's like people uh, walk out saying, "Oh, like it changed the world" or something. It's like Skyfall is a great film. Don't get me wrong, but it's very through and throughout a Bond film. Yeah, very much so. You know, like um, I think the thing like, that's it's through- not like it's like you know people going on about oh the 
you know, it's like Skyfall had Q people. Skyfall had Money Penny. Skyfall had a, a crazy villain with a crazy layer, and you mm. know, like it, it had all the stuff. The only know? thing that I think threw people on Skyfall, which I don't agree with, because I really liked it, was that the ending was like an adult Home Alone. You know, with the, yeah, with yeah, the movie yeah. traps yeah, yeah, and this and that. Yeah. But I thought the ending was fabulous. Yeah, same. You know, yeah, I, I thought yeah. Skyfall. I really enjoyed Skyfall. Mm. I thought Skyfall yeah. was a great change of pace. For I don't. Bond I don't end. think Spectre is as good a movie as Skyfall, but I don't think it needs to be. Well, but one of the problems I think we're dealing with here is that maybe bringing Spectre into it wasn't such a good idea. Because mm. Spectre is a very old-fashioned idea, the evil organization. Wahaha! You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. And maybe. That in itself is almost too dated. Maybe dated, yeah. To be uh, uh, an adequate bad guy now. This is something I think we should return to when it comes out on Blu-ray. And seen it. we've all seen it again. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'm still a little bit like, you know, I, I don't want to... Because I'm not sure about it. So I don't want to jump right down, mm. you know? Yeah, and, and, and as I say, I'm not being hard on it because yeah. I really enjoyed it. I yeah. really enjoyed Spectre. I thought it was a lot of fun. Mm. I thought that it was really that great. that scene was just remarkable yeah yeah the yeah the entire the entire mexico scene mm. was amazing and i also really love seeing ray fines getting to do something and yeah you know, it's like yeah. everybody got to do something in this well that's the I thing like, is like this is kind of a little bit spoilerish but i mean like if you really wanted to watch specter you've seen it by now well, it's I'm three sure. weeks old now, so. you know and um but this is not too bad a thing to say it's just that it rewards you for being a bond fan yeah and so it's basically the scooby gang it's you know like, like I think Daniel Craig called it the Scooby Gang like himself, where it's like it's you love Money Penny, you love M, you love Q. Well, what about if Bond just teamed up with all of them at the end? Get them you all know, out in the field. Like the last half now, they're a team. They're the Scooby Gang. Yeah, you know, like um, and that's the kind of thing. It's just it's just it's a love letter to fans of Bond, and here's Bond. Agreed, agreed. And by the end of it. Like that's why people think this is the last one they're going to do, which I don't. I don't believe. I think they'll do one more. But it feels concrete in the sense that at the end of this movie, it's the bond that you've known. It's cemented. Fair enough. I think on that we can leave it on that. I'm going to say I recommend it to people, so definitely go see it. Now, I just wanted to point out that uh, a Facebook, um, just to cut between our movies, we'll put little bits and pieces in here. I was given a Facebook message uh, today, I believe it was, and I'm going to see if I can find it here very quickly. But basically somebody said, get your robot apocalypse on. <laughs> actually, uh, I think this actually- this morning. Yeah, I think it was John D who actually sent it to me. Uh, I'm just trying to find it. Give me one second. Oh, here we go. Now it's updating. Sorry, my Facebook wasn't updating for a second there. And I'm going to find out uh, the exact deets on this. But basically, uh, <laughs> he said, get your robot apocalypse theme ready because of this piece of news. And there was they were actually programming robots to disobey commands. Now, what can we see wrong with that idea? Oh, nothing at all, absolutely. (laughs) No, there's nothing wrong with that at all. So if we're going to start programming robots to disobey, I'll put the link in the show notes because I can't seem to find it here. As I say, we are flying this show by the seat of our pants. We have no notes in front of us or anything. It's terrible. Um, I think we're doing all right, though, don't you? I think we're doing good. We're doing okay. (laughs) What are we doing now? We're holding up. We're holding up. All these Movember pictures keep going by on Facebook. Star Wars movie coming? Oh, Star Wars? Is there? Star Wars. Star Wars. Well, do you know what else there is coming, though, and we should talk about very quickly? Quickly, there is a new Avengers film, doing. Although it's not called a, it's not called the Avengers. It's called Captain America, but it's an Avengers <laughs> film. Let's face it. But uh, the trailer dropped out of the blue. Were you expecting this? I wasn't. No. Ex- out of the blue, a trailer for Captain America: Civil War dropped. Um, let, let's just play it. We'll have a chat about it. Okay, so here we go. Buck, do you remember me? Your mom's name is Sarah. You used to wear newspapers in your shoes. You're a wanted man. I don't do that anymore. 
or the people who think you did are coming right now. They're not planning on taking you alive. Captain, while a great many people see you as a hero, there are some who'd prefer the word vigilante. You've operated with unlimited power and no supervision. That's something the world can no longer tolerate. I know how much Bucky means to you. Stay out of this one, please. You'll only make this worse. Are you saying you'll arrest me? There will be consequences. Captain, you seem a little defensive. Well, it's been a long day. If we can't accept limitations, we're no better than bad guys. That's not the way I see it. Sometimes I want to punch you in your perfect teeth. I just want to make sure we consider all our options. Because people that shoot at you usually wind up shooting at me too. You know what's about to happen. Do you really want to punch your way out of this? What do we do? We fight. Sorry, Tommy. You know I wouldn't do this if I had any other choice. But he's my friend. So was I. Let's all just take a moment. <laughs> um, Damn. Wow. Did you expect that at all? We now know what the Civil War is about. because spec- they put out like a three-minute trailer too. I like, know. Yeah. The speculation has been running rampant since they announced Civil War, how they were going to do the story of Civil War. I think we've basically come to the conclusion now that they're not following the story of the Civil War. No. The, comic- the basic premise they're following, but it's all about Bucky. Yeah, it's, it's, all, it's, all about, yeah. it's all about the fact that uh, they're unchecked and they need to have somebody stop it or somebody oversight. Yeah. On all of this. Now, a couple things. First of all, motherfucking Black Panther yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. was phenomenal. Awesome. And Steve Rogers holding a goddamn helicopter to the yeah, ground. Yeah, yeah. I love um, everything with the Falcon in this. Oh, yeah. when he dives yeah. off that building. Yeah. Oh, red my God. Wings. Yes. Yeah. I, I just like that line, um, you know, the... Uh, Man, I just forgot it. I might when blame. he says they when people shoot you, they yeah, they shoot at me. Yeah, they inevitably oh, no, no, shoot no, no. at me. Um, the the people that you're fighting, I end up fighting. Yeah, whatever it was, we could skim it back, but whatever. Nah, it's <laughs> yeah, no. it look, it looks fantastic. It is an Avengers film by any other name. Let's face it; it's got just about everybody in it, and there's also um, well, not, where was the Hulk day? Well, not <laughs> no. not seen in this trailer, but is confirmed in the film is Vision and Ant-Man, mm-hmm. but they're not in the trailer. Yeah. And the Hulk isn't. No, yeah. That's, now, that's the reason why the Hulk isn't, though, is because apparently the Russos have actually said that they couldn't quite make it work, mm. but the Hulk is in Ragnarok. Yes. So it's we're going to... I heard that's a buddy cop movie. Yeah, so we're going to basically yeah. see the Hulk fighting alongside the Norse gods. I mean, so, you know... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come I'm, on. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm there. I'm you finished. <laughs> I'll, I'll need some stuff to pass the time 
up to episode eight, right? Well, so. that's right. This will yeah, yeah, yeah. be a filler this, in, this in will the get middle. Us there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for all the Marvel fans yeah. out there, I think a combination of having Jessica Jones drop on Netflix this week mm-hmm. and then this trailer dropping in the middle of the week yeah. was just like. It was just an experience, and my soundboard has disappeared, but it, it's an experience that just makes one. you go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That is the gift that keeps giving that, it that, is, that sound It is, isn't clip. it? Just <laughs> so good. Um, but People to, still haven't figured out where it's come from, hey? I think we said it, didn't we? Did we? Maybe we uh, did we, on one I don't of these know. things. No, no, no. Uh, if you, actually, Facebook it. If you yeah, know where it came yeah. from, please, by yeah, all means. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I don't even remember who showed us that. Was that it was you? me. I yeah. found it, yeah. You found yeah. it, and, and I clipped. Yeah. It's actually one continuous clip yeah. that I've just cut into three pieces yes. because yeah. it's so much better when you can mix and match them. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should try and, we should try and contact the guy. Hey. <laughs> so yeah. Can you do I a few more? He knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. So uh, Marvel, you've done it again by the looks of it. This is looking like it's gonna be mm-hmm. a staggering film. Yes. And if it and it's got the same Wouldn't it be awesome if they just they just were like fuck it and they put out a three and a half hour Epic. Oh, wouldn't like, it just oh, be amazing? Be I mean, astounding. it's yeah. a story big enough they're going to do it. Yeah. Now, the other thing we should point out. I still out- wish they would have done the same movie, but it would be like um, one movie from Iron Man's perspective where Captain America. A red and a villain. blue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. release them on the same day. Flags of Our Father. Yeah. Letters of Iwo Jima. Iwo Jima, yeah. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Civil um, War 2, guys. We should point Civil out War two. the other big factor of this is that it is the first time we have seen General Thunderbolt Ross mm-hmm. since The Incredible Hulk, which is like the forgotten Marvel film. Yeah. Um, so we finally tied The Incredible Hulk into the current generation. Of, and we're not talking about Ang Lee's Hulk. We'll just bury that. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the uh, Edward Norton yeah. Hulk film. We're, we're getting um, William Hurt in this. So I yeah, look, it looks... Bring Betty back. Liv Tyler. Oh, they could bring Liv Tyler back. Mm. Now, the other thing that occurred to me was, remember when we saw the pictures of who's on whose team for Civil War? I thought Black Widow was on Cap's team. She looks in this trailer, it looks like she's fighting against him. Yeah, she might have her hands tied, though. Mm, Because she is an employee of the government. Yeah. Although the government that she's employed by, the person she's employed by doesn't exist anymore. It's S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, it's true. So, I don't know. I don't know. We 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 don't want every plot point blown at this time, like, <laughs> speak for yourself, sir. <laughs> all right, let's That's move on. That's the last trailer I'm watching for Civil War. That's uh, I'm not, I watch everything. I watch all 53 TV spots. At this point release. in time, I'm kind of just getting over it now. It's just like, they can show me the whole movie now. I don't, yeah. uh, pretty much. I mean, the thing about yeah. the Marvel films is there's not a lot you can spoil in them. Yeah. They're just Marvel films, you know? And, and we look forward to them because of, we get to see our favorite heroes on screen. Yeah. You know? Anyway, it looks a lot like Winter Soldier, though. So it looks like it does follow Winter Soldier, doesn't it? It's got that same kind yeah, of feel. Yeah, same feel. Yeah. yeah, same kind of feel. Russo Brothers, man. Fantastic stuff. All right, moving on to uh, review number two, because we've got to keep this moving. Uh, we finally got a chance to review The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2, which in effect means we can finally review <laughs> The Mockingjay. The Mockingjay, because we now have a complete film. We only had half a film before, so now we actually have Mockingjay. Uh, Francis Lawrence is back directing, and let's face it, all the credits that belong to the first Mockingjay belong to this yeah, one, because it was the same... It was the same film, just sliced in half. Okay, so Francis Lawrence, Peter Craig, Ryden, Danny Strong, Jennifer Lawrence, Josh, you know, all those people. All right, the only one that is uh, 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 that is uh, at all absent, I guess, would be the fact that Philip Seymour Hoffman died while making it. Mm-hmm. So he is missing in a lot of the film. 
we shall have a look at the trailer real quick. The, of course, the synopsis is... I haven't as, seen the trailer for this. I'd, I'd like to see this. Oh, okay. So yeah. as the war of Panem escalates to the destruction of other districts by the capital, Katniss Everdeen, the reluctant leader of the rebellion, must bring together an army against President Snow while all she holds dear hangs in the balance. That doesn't tell us anything at all, but that's all right. So let's go here and we'll have a look at the trailer real quick. Let me just clear that window and go... Is it just them sitting in tunnels for the whole trailer? Pretty much. What, what else do they show, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, they give away a lot of the film, but I think with Mockingjay at this point, you don't really care. So yeah. here we go. I've been watching you and you watching me. My dear Miss Everdeen, make no mistake, the game is coming to its end. For the first time in our lifetimes, we're standing together with 13 districts. Our future starts tomorrow at dawn. When we march together into the capital. To slow our attacks, President Snow is building a minefield of traps. The sadistic inventions of game makers meant to make sport of our deaths. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 76 Hunger Games. a good trailer it's actually really well cut it's uh, look i think trailer making is a fine art now i think they know exactly what they're doing at any given time yeah um it's and it's like they make the scenes for the trailer now well i think they probably do yeah, shoot like, a shot and go, on, that'll look good in the trailer yeah, do you reckon they're on set and they're like oh don sutherland can you just say in this scene tonight it ends because that'd be awesome or trailer. that's in the script, and when they've shot it, you can see Francis Lawrence just go, mark that for the trailer. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, as we know, I mean, the other thing is we know that trailers are made by completely different companies, mm-hmm. and, and what will happen is as they're filming 
bits and pieces of shots are being sent off to the trailer makers and often yeah. what's in the trailer they will often contain scenes that aren't even in, in the, the final film, film yeah. because they're just shooting they're cutting trailers off of raw stock yeah. um, that all being said Mockingjay is finally finished which brings the Hunger Games to the conclusion uh, that's another trilogy down and we can actually put that to rest uh, overall I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to review this by saying that if you've been watching the Hunger Games films you have to see it yeah it finishes it uh, I think it is actually once you put Mockingjay 1 and 2 together it's an okay film yeah. the problem I find with Mockingjay as a total is that it has a lot of fat because they expanded it to two films, mm. which it didn't need to be. And so what you end up with is two overlong, bloated halves of a film that when put together, you could have cut down to a three-hour or even two-and-a-half-hour one film, and we would have been done. It is such a money-making grab. Uh, it, this one, In particular, this one. Mm. We've seen it before, but in particular, this one just feels cynical. Yeah, It feels like, oh, we just wanted to make some more money off this series. And you know what? It's a business. Fine. I understand that they want to do that. But at the same time, I think that each of the Hunger Games was getting better. And I think what happened was they took a bit of a step backwards with this one. This could have been a great film. The action beats are really good. The performances are actually pretty good. The drama and the story actually is intriguing, but it takes so long to get to the inevitable conclusion, which was different than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, same, way different than yeah, I and Yeah, and I was appreciative of that. I thought it was mm. actually a very different ending than I thought it was going to be, but it takes so long to get there yeah. that you sit there and go, wow, we could have really done this in one film. And it's so, it's like rubbishly paced. Yeah, this one. Well, and once again, yeah. because Just we're being it. we're yeah. being dropped right into the middle yeah. of the second act because we're we don't have any prelude or anything. We just drop straight yeah. into the middle of the second act. Yeah. Yeah. And here's an example of what it would be like, right? Like this is going to be with some dead air, so I apologize in advance. But this is like a scene in Hunger Games. Hey, Katniss, I'll come over to the room now. <laughs> All right, I'm sat down. We don't need to have real time. We don't films. need to have this shit in our Hunger Games movie. No. Like, just trim that out and start the scene. Yeah, and the thing yeah. is, we don't shoot films in real time for a reason. Yeah, and so and much of this movie is in real time. Like when there's that like oil wave. Yeah, and then they're like, "We got to go to the next building," and you literally watch them go down a flight of stairs. Across out the, the front door. Across, across the courtyard. Yeah. And you're like, move the movie on. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. I think, I think that's the biggest problem with this film was not that it's not a good film. Mm. The problem with this film is it's just way bloated. Yeah. And it's bloated with not necessarily good stuff, just filler. Just emptiness. And you know what it is? It's like a, a meat patty at a fast food restaurant, right? So there's a real beef patty, which you get at a decent restaurant. Or if you go to a fast food restaurant, they they bulk out the beef patty with cereals and other things to make it stretch further. Mm. This is the fast food beef patty. It's been just bulked out with cereals and other additives to, to stretch it. Yeah. And they're just trying to stretch it for time. And none of that stuff was actually necessary in this film. Um, that all being said, now that we put the whole Hunger Games together, it's not my favorite set of films mm. of all time, but it's actually not a bad set of films. Yeah. I've got them on Blu-ray. I will watch them again at some point. There's some good stuff, and I think that as a series, it did grow. Yes, definitely. And I think Jennifer, I think and it that had a very it had interesting things to say, particularly to like how we know it was aimed towards young children, and it's very interesting stuff mm. to be 
presenting to now. And the politics yeah. gets quite complicated yeah. uh, by the end of it. I think you and I were both looking at each other at one point going, what is going on? Yeah, like, I think I turned <laughs> to you at one point, to, like, I think we have we need to have read the book to understand what the yeah. fuck's going on and, here. And, and I, you kind of go, yeah, it's, it's getting a little, it's Muddled. deep. Yeah. It's deep at this point. And, uh, if you and look it's also at like it, that Shuhon romance is quite, like at that point in the series, it doesn't feel well. And I think one anymore. of the biggest problems there is Josh Hutchinson was never that compelling a character. Peter, Neither was the other guy. Well, well and Peter in particular, who's yeah. supposed to be our love interest, the whole thing. She's supposed to eventually pick him because yeah. he's the one who's been through the Hunger Games. And it's her. just like they've gone through so much by that stage that the romance is just really tiny. Yeah, and it's like you kind of go. Like insignificant. Katniss is better yeah. than all of them. Yeah. So you kind of go, why do I? Why is she even bothering? Yeah. She should be having a relationship it's like with at President that point, Snow. There's so much at stake <laughs> that it's just it's just not executed well enough to be a believable romance. Well, there and there is more relationship between her and Snow than there is yeah. between her and the boys. Yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah, at th- that point you're like, wait, wait, hold on, that's still a thing here. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, yeah. She should get it on with uh, the documentary filmmaker. There's more chemistry between them. Oh right? yeah. That would be awesome. That's not the. Oh, she should have got wrong with Jon Snow. Jon Snow, um, <laughs> President. That's Snow. what I said. She could yeah, hook yeah, up with yeah, President. Yeah, Snow. like, but like, actually, it could be a sugar daddy thing. You know? Hunger Games, actually, she could be his yeah. bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> or she could have just had them both in a chasing Amy type scenario. <laughs> that. that- <laughs> <laughs> oh, the mind boggles. Uh, Hunger Games game. So, uh, so I'm going to review this in two ways. And I'm going to say, if you've never watched a Hunger Games film, stay the fuck away. <laughs> if you have watched the Hunger Games films, yeah. then yeah, you're going to see this anyway. And there's no way you're going to get around it because you've got to yeah. see how it finishes. So that's pretty much it. Yeah. You know? I agree. I, I think it's it's a little bit better than average. It's better than Divergent. Yeah. And it's shot well and put together well and... It's just I don't know I I I believe it really could have been saved in editing. It could have been. Oh, I agree. It, if it had just I been think if one, they were really smart, film, they would actually yeah. do a special one film cut. Yeah. Of the two of them and release it as a as a one off on Blu-ray as, as a two hour film. There's something there. Yeah, it yeah. could be awesome. It's one case where extending it does not work. And it's just um, also another one of those things where it's like the source material. It's like it. You know when you're watching it that they're. Slavishly following the source material. Well, yeah, I'm so, one, yeah. I'm so in sure a way, are, it's yeah. like you, you you don't want to burden the filmmakers too much because so like they're doing our, what they can. They have to follow like these certain shitty plot developments. Out like, of the most popular young adult books um, that have been turned into films recently, the top four would have to be uh, Harry Potter, yeah, uh, uh, Hunger Games, mm-hmm. Twilight. And Divergent. Yeah, I w- I, this is interesting because I don't put Harry Potter into the young adult category. That's where it falls, though. Yeah, no, I, I, I disagree. It's flat out a child, child's book. No, it's not by the end, though. And even even she yeah, says that. Well, yeah, but that's what the thing is. Like, when she created that world, she she created it for children. Yeah, exactly. Young adult is just a bullshit term people use. Well, young adult's later. a bullshit term anyway. Yeah. But the point is that with Whereas, Harry Potter, like, she yeah. actually said that she wrote them on the grounds that her audience was getting older with each book. So by the time you get to the yeah. last book, it's written for 17-year-olds. Because, yeah. like, um, like, don't get me wrong i think jk rowling is incredible mm. incredible yeah um and i i would consider her books literature yeah if i was forced to like i'm not trying to say like they're child i books, think they're great no because they're, they're, they're crap like i grew up with harry potter and i think they're i think harry potter is a absolutely ama- amazing work mm. um you know but yeah and like hunger games i haven't read so i can't really i'm not I'm, I'm talking about the film yeah. versions though, not the books because i haven't read the books okay yeah. I've, I've read harry potter but those yeah, are yeah, the yeah, books yeah, yeah now i couldn't just that whole young adult i thing couldn't read twilight 
But this yeah, is, I, I but tried. this is, this is because these... I couldn't be that guy to shit down the throat of Twilight <laughs> without having read some of it. But I got halfway through. And I, I couldn't just, read like, it. I, was, I, I had literally had it. to stop. Yeah. It yeah. is one of the worst written books I've ever read. Yeah, um, it was. I don't walk out of films, but I can yeah. stop reading a book. Um, <laughs> yeah. I worked out a cinema, so it was literally impossible to go around and be like, fuck Twilight. Yeah. yeah. So I don't want to say, though, it's when we're using the term young adult purely because the studios are chasing that dollar. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're chasing that dollar. Harry Potter set a precedent. They're chasing that dollar, which is why Twilight came around. It's why Divergent started getting made, and it's why Hunger Games started getting made. And I think there's another one on the horizon. Fifth well. Wave. Remember we watched the trailer? I don't know that? if that's a series, though. That might just be a one-off. Oh. But yeah, mm. uh, there was also Darkest Hour. Yeah. Did you say Divergent? Sorry, you did. Divergent, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to put these and say that I've seen... All of the Twilight films, and I've yeah. seen all of the Hunger, Hunger Games, and I've seen all the Harry Potters. I've only seen the first Divergent. Oh, and uh, Maze Runner. Oh, uh, yeah. Maze yeah, Runner I haven't seen any one. of these. So yeah. looking at these, well, I've I'm seen gonna, all the Twilight let's say, films. Harry Potter is heads and shoulders above all of them. So yeah. take that out of the equation. Harry Potter is like almost, almost seems legitimate. Yeah. You know, like in front, in front of But if we're going to look at all the rest of them, Hunger Games is definitely, is definitely yeah. Hunger Games is definitely the top of the heap. I as far as quality of film. we walked out of the movie where it was like, well, Harry Potter successfully split the book in two yeah. and ended up being an excellent film. Because it was a big book too. There yeah. was a lot of material. And so they had a lot of room dumb. to grow. Yeah. Although even Harry Potter suffered a little bit from the fact that the first film was just a lot of camping. Yeah, but I think we disagreed on this. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Um, but Harry Potter's another level. Harry Potter's a whole different level. Yeah. But I think out of all those other series that are coming around lately, I think that Hunger Games could quite easily top the pile. Yeah. There are people I, who I there are people who would yeah. disagree with me and say that Twilight's better, but I don't agree because I think Twilight's crap. And I think the story for Hunger Games is quite interesting though. I just think it's final final bit. Yeah. Like it's it's a little bit anticlimactic and it kind of needs oh, to be... Oh, it's Denouement? Yeah, it's Denouement. Yeah, I actually, yeah the postscript. Yeah, yeah, without without spoiling, because I don't want to spoil anything. Let me just say that I think it put the film backwards. Yeah. A little yeah. bit. It kind of robs... And maybe in a few weeks yeah. after it's the dust has settled on all this, we'll have a, mm. t- we'll have a chat about it. But I think yeah. it kind of puts... It kind of takes a step backwards yeah. in the little Denouement at the end, which is a little bit like Harry Potter too. You know how the Denouement was always kind of heavily derided? Yeah, I, I didn't like the, the, that in the book either. No, and it's yeah. a lot of people uh, criticize that as well. Didn't I didn't hate yeah. it, but, and I didn't hate yeah. the Hunger Games one either, but you just kind of look at it and go, it feels uneasy. Yeah. It feels like it's wedged on. It doesn't feel like it's part... It doesn't feel organic. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. All right. So with all of that being said, we've been kind of like, yeah, we enjoyed this. And yeah, we enjoyed that. Mm. Let's talk about something that we actually really yeah. freaking enjoyed. Okay. And I think what we'll do is this time we'll actually start with the trailer. You're not built for this. These boys come in here. They got to fight for life. People die in the ring. Your daddy died in the ring. I don't know him. I ain't got nothing to do with me. I've been fighting my whole life. It's not a choice for me. Every punch I ever thrown has been on my own. Nobody showed me how to do this. I'm ready. This picture's from the 10th round of the first fight, right? 
I heard about a third fight between you and Apollo behind closed doors. Is that true? How do you know all this? I'm a son. A great fighter once said, It ain't about how hard you can hit, it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. This guy here, that's the toughest opponent you're ever going to have to face. I believe that's true in the ring, and I think that's true in life. Now show me something. It's a new Rocky film, you know. <laughs> uh, for those who haven't guessed by this stage, that uh, that was actually, yes, a cameo appearance by the Geek Actually theme. <laughs> uh, so for those who are into music, amazing. before we yeah. before we do anything, for those who are into music and listen to your pop music and so forth, or your rap music, or whatever, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what theme you love, listen to, think very closely to what you're listening to. That sound was not written by those people. That is an Apple loop Yes, yeah. in yeah. GarageBand that I used when I put together the Geek Actually theme in the first place, and they've used it. And people are going to think that they wrote that now. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. They're going to be like, the Rocky music. <laughs> and here's the worst part, because my son actually got hit by this on YouTube. He actually used a royalty-free... How can he get He used a royalty-free track on one of his... Uh, animations and it got flagged by YouTube as a breach of copyright because somebody else had used that track in one of their songs, which was now a copywritten song. And so he's still fighting that battle. So you got to sit there and say, it's going to be very in jokey joke, but blood on the leaves. (laughs) So anyway, the bottom line is what we were just watching, of course, was Creed, the latest in the Rocky franchise. So it's kind of unfair to call it the latest in the Rocky franchise because it's kind of the beginning of its own. Kind of the beginning of its own franchise, but also works as the seventh Rocky film. It's 110% the seventh Um, Rocky film. That being said, I've been reading stuff and, and I think you'll agree I think we are looking at, and from what a lot of the critics are saying, is one of the first true Oscar contenders of the year. I think so, yeah. This it's film, in my top five, for this sure. This film is freaking great. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, it's um, g- amazing. Now, I, I summed it up by saying, and I th- see if you agree with this, it is, for me, the perfect 2015 remake of Rocky. I, 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 yeah, agree wholeheartedly. Because actually. if we, yeah. they don't make films like Rocky anymore. Yeah. If you made Rocky today... Mm. This is what it looks like. Yeah. And Rocky, as we know, is a masterpiece. If you look at Rocky today, this is what you would get. This yeah. is how we make films today. So this is the perfect 2015 remake of Rocky. And we're basically in Rocky territory again. Now, for those who don't know, this is also the first Rocky film not written or directed by Sylvester Stallone. Stallone's in it and playing the older Mickey character now. And uh, congratulations yeah. to him. Yeah. Doesn't take off his shirt. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. try and be a boxer. Actually... Um, without going too heavy into the story, p- does a very brave performance. A very brave performance, yeah. Um, and I, I think maybe shows more of himself than he's ever showed. Hmm. Not not physically, but I think it, the, 
the performance that Stallone gives and makes. Now he was nominated for an Oscar for Rocky. Yeah. Um, uh, He didn't win, but he was nominated for an Oscar as a best actor for Rocky. Mm -hmm. Do you think he has a chance of best, best supporting actor now? I, I think he's a shoe in for best supporting actor. I, I, um, I thought he was remarkable. He's really good. This movie. Like I, remarkable to me. Um, like, uh, I don't know. Stallone. I've always liked Stallone. Always. There's a lot going on under the surface of Stallone. He's a lot of bl- yeah. a, a lot of bluster because yeah. he's Stallone. But I think there's a lot going look, on under the surface. You compare him to say John Rambo. Uh, they're two different people, you know. Like he, this is actually a very serious, artistically mm. minded, you know, entertainer. Mm. Mm. You know, like Stallone is is a very clever, intelligent person, and he has incredible acting ability when he chooses. To use it. When he's given the opportunity. Yeah. Now, one of the things that actually gives him that opportunity is the fact that he didn't direct this. Mm. Uh, Ryan Coogler directed this. Coogler directed the shit out of Directed the shit out of this film. Not only Stallone, but out of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the, the fight scenes, the drama, the training sequences. Yeah. The and style, come on, to style. bring back so Bill Conti's Rocky training theme yeah. In the ring at the end was like, oh, I almost wanted to stand up and cheer. Yeah. You know, the fact that all the way through it, you've got bits of, you know, rap music, bits mm. of, you know, this and that. Next thing you've got some orchestral music. You go, but then to kick into that Bill Conti theme, that dun 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 And you just go, oh, yes. And it didn't feel wedged in. It didn't feel like, oh, we're just paying lip service here. It felt like Creed, it felt like Adonis had just earned. Yeah. That theme. That's what I found so amazing about the entire movie that none of it feels forced in or um, like manipulative or insincere. Like it's redoing a lot of what Rocky did, but it's not doing it in a way that's on the nose or like inorganic. Mm -hmm. You know, it it just it just feels natural, and this is this is all Rocky is all about, and it's you know um, the legacy aspects and it really got the character and what makes the character work of Rocky. Agreed 100%. So let's talk about Michael B. Jordan. Uh, He's our new Rocky. Mm -hmm. Um, Michael B. Jordan, who unfortunately early in this year had to deal with the Fan Forstick fiasco. Uh, He basically gets to redeem himself here. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, it's Um, interesting because Ryan Coogler did a a movie with him called Fruit Bell Station. Which I've never heard of before. I'll I'll lend you it. I have it at home. Oh, have you got it? Good. Amazing movie. Yeah. um, uh, But it showcases like the talent those two have. Mm. Like particularly Ryan Coogler who just goes from strength to strength. Like, that's a great film, Fruitvale Station, but his style is on display, full-blown here in Rocky. Like, mm. I think from the opening shot, you know, like, that's all the boys lined up yeah, yeah, in yeah, the yeah, juvenile yeah. hall yeah, and yeah. it shoots past them and then opens out. The way the fight scenes are done, like, it's not showy, but it's amazing. It's, it's like, like the first Rocky film. Yeah. The first Rocky wasn't showy either. Yeah. It was very it nuts. It was very you. nuts and bolts. You know? Um, yeah. You know, it was about it was about the fight. It wasn't trying to glorify it or anything yeah. like that. By the time you get to Rocky Three, it's all you know, flash and, and you know, mm. we're we're super. They're basically Superman fighting yeah. the thing. It becomes kind of cartoonish. Yeah, like, it does. Yeah. But when you look at the, we watched the first Rocky the morning uh, that we went to see Creed. So yeah, we saw right. yeah. we saw it fresh right mm-hmm. on the heels of Creed, uh, right on the beginning of we saw Creed right on the heels of Rocky, and I my son watched Rocky for the mm-hmm. first time and then came to see Creed with me and. Yeah, you, you kind of look at it and go, yeah, they're very similar in that sense. They're not glorifying the fighting. Mm. In no. fact, in they're some ways, they keep the kind of saying it's not about the fighting yeah. and you shouldn't be fighting, but if you're going to do the best job you mm. can, you know? And it's one of the things that Rocky, yeah. I mean, because as we said, Rocky is the Mickey um, 
stand in because Burgess Meredith's character yeah. died in Rocky Three. Sorry, spoilers for a thirty year old yeah, film. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, Mickey died, and so now Rocky is. And I run and um, coincidentally. Uh, Sylvester Stallone is the exact same age as Burgess Meredith now yeah. when he played Mickey in 74 or 75 yeah. or what it was. So they're the same age as each other now. And so he's basically coming back and playing the Mickey character. And the lessons that he's teaching him are the same lessons that Mickey was teaching him. It's not about the fame. It's not about the women. It's not about the money. It's yeah. about heart. And it's, it's about, yeah, you know, it's exactly. like, it's about trying to find that center, that groundedness in you to actually be the best. Yeah. To be, to be the man that you can be, to be the person you can be. Yeah, And also I love yeah. the fact that it's the same message as the yeah. first Rocky, which is it's not about winning. Yes. It's yeah. about going the distance. It's about yeah. proving you have it in you. Yeah. And, the, and I love that that's about the core of Rocky. Yeah. And that's yeah. core. And, and that's like, something that Rocky lost yeah. actually over the course of its series Absolutely, of films yeah. because it all became about Rocky's the champion. Yeah. In the first Rocky, sorry, spoilers for a film that is 40 years old, but in the first Rocky, he loses. Yes. Uh, in the first Rocky, he loses by points. Mm-hmm. But there's a wonderful scene with him and Adrian just the night before yeah. the fight where he goes, I can't win this. Yeah. And she goes, well, what do you want to do? He goes, I just want to go the distance. I just yeah. want to prove mm-hmm. that I can do it. Yeah. And what's the first thing Rocky does after the match? Well, the first thing he says after the match, he goes, there won't be a rematch. He goes, I don't want one. And then he calls for Adrian. He calls for Adrian. Yeah, because it's all about the love story. It's about about that. It's about him him as a person. Yeah, it's about about, finding your your life. Yeah, and I still state that the love story between Rocky and Adrian is one of the great love stories of cinema. I was thinking about this a lot, um, you know, the last days because I watched it last night so I've been thinking about it since then and it's interesting because Rocky is always it's kind of the only film franchise that does this where it's about like a soulmate yeah it's like it's it's the one woman because if you think about if you think about the one relationship between the two of them think about Rocky in the first it's a different girl for every movie for other franchises absolutely if you think about Rocky you go in Rocky 1 it's about him finding Mm -hmm. Adrian and making his life mean something yeah in Rocky 2 3 and 4 she is the voice of encouragement she is the one who says you can do it Mm. she is the one who drives him she's the one who basically says I'll stand by you no matter what you do but do the best you can, Mm. right? When we get to Rocky Balboa and her character has died, she is the driving force behind his life. She's... He's lost without her. To he, yeah, he doesn't know what know? he's doing. He's telling yeah. old boxing yeah. stories and running a restaurant mm. and he doesn't know he's lost. Yeah. And then by the time you get to this mm. film, sorry, minor spoilers, yeah. but Burt Young has now died. Yes. This is something that I really wanted to talk about. So I'm yeah. glad you mentioned it because that was the heart for me of this movie was like Rocky at the, at the grave. At the cemetery. You know? With him sitting there reading the news yeah. to Burt Young, his yeah. best friend, and Adrian, his wife. And, and Burgess Meredith too. And Burgess Meredith. Yeah. And you sit there going... And it's like he's sitting there like... Oh, you go. Yeah, yeah. he's outlived them. Yeah, you know? and he's, he's lost without any of them. And he's like, his life means nothing. And it's like, he's just looking at that stone. Like that's, and he's like, mine's going to be there. Yeah. You know, it's just, this is where he belongs in this cemetery. It's like, he's, he's that lost. Without a purpose. And Michael yeah. B. Jordan comes along and gives mm. him purpose again. Yeah. And I think that that is the, the core of the story is the fact that Michael B. And in amongst the fact that Michael B. Jordan, and if you think about it, 
once again, harping back onto the original Rocky, and this is why this is so important that it is a seventh Rocky film, mm-hmm. even though it's a reboot of a franchise yeah. and it'll go on without Sylvester Stallone. I mean, eventually Stallone will yeah. leave the series and Michael B. Jordan, then he'll make seven Creed films. You know what I mean? I doubt it. I don't think it's quite got... I don't think this particular franchise, I'm not talking about Creed because I think Creed's an excellent mm-hmm. film. I don't think this franchise has got another seven films in it. I think it's got... A few yeah. more, but I think it's 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 a different era now, yeah. and I don't I just don't think it's the same era that could I'd give. say I'd say if that was smart, they'd do one more. Oh, I think they. I definitely think it could be a trilogy. Yeah. I definitely think they may have two or three. Mm. Um, purely depends on how much money it makes. Yeah. Um, but I don't think Sylvester Stallone will stay around forever. I think you know he will move on, whatever. Yeah. But I think when you look at it, why this uh, the the, well, the that's heart even to say whether Rocky lives through this movie. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to go there. So yeah, that's that's well, well. I don't want to imply that he survives this movie, nor do I want to imply that he dies. Let's just say he's old. Yeah, let's just say he's old. Um, but what I was about to say was about the Michael B. Jordan character was that the fact that we also have his relationship with the girl. I forget yes. her name, uh, Tessa Thompson. Uh, yeah, I can't remember her name. Uh, I forget what her but, character's name oh is. God, though. didn't you love that? I love that so much. That was one of the best bits of the movie because she. She's got the hearing aid, the, the hearing the, problem, the degenerative yeah. hearing problem, and and she loves music, and yes. he and he's in boxing, and it's like they're both in a life that they know is going to destroy them. Yeah, but together, they're kind of holding it together. So human, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. I think it was. I know. I think it's a wonderful idea giving and her. Oh, for fuck's sake! It was so good to finally see a female character in a movie that wasn't just fucking conflict. Mm. You know, don't do this. You're gonna. How can you do boxing? No, she was there to support you know, him. Like, you know, and she and he supported her. And, yeah, you know, like. I don't know, and there was, was conflict in the relationship. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, there was, but it wasn't but cheap. It wasn't. No, it wasn't you know, a cheap shot. It was, it was realistic. To quote Rocky, it wasn't yeah. a cheap shot. It yeah. was. It was worth. It was worth the journey. Yeah, you know, it was real. It was know? real. Yeah. I think. It, look, look. If uh, if it sounds like we're being a little bit hyperbolic here, mm. we are. It is a great film. Yeah. Um, that's it, not to say the movie's got like it's melodramatic and it's like it's, absolutely you know and I think but it's so sincere it's so earnest I think the biggest issue here is it took us by surprise yeah I think when we actually went to see it we went to see oh, another Rocky film yeah. you know I mean yes I really liked Rocky Balboa but we're still stung a little bit by Rocky Five and let's face it Rocky Four as much as we love Rocky Four is a big bowl of cheese yes <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's a yeah. big bowl of cheese fondue yeah. that you know you just can't help but loving but it's yeah. so stupid yeah. you know. Um, but Rocky one will stand the test of time as being one of the great films. Yeah. And I think we've got a, 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 to use their terminology, I think we have a contender to say that this is between Rocky and Raging Bull. We had the two greatest boxing films of all time. I think we now have a third. Yeah. I think, yeah, this, yeah. It'll be interesting to see if it can stand the test of time, but at the moment, I think we've got a contender. Yeah, this is this is like it's in the best movies of the year. Yeah, like, I think so. Really, and I think really is, and it's it's not just like us. We're Rocky fans or whatever. It's just it's it's hard to explain about blowing the whole movie. But well, it's also man, it goes it goes to territory that it's just like absolutely. It's also, I mean, the thing is, so as a well, as a Rocky fan, it brought me to tears several times, <laughs> like several times. As a Rocky fan, we also ran the risk of hating the film because it wasn't a Rocky film. Mm. It was about somebody else, and I, I think I think that we should be up front. If this did not have Rocky and Stallone in it, we probably I wouldn't still, have seen it. We probably wouldn't have seen it, but I yeah. still think it would have been a great film. I agree. You know, like it's that good a movie. It, it, it it's it's not relying on Stallone or Rocky, but the nostalgia helps. But, but 
it knows what what works with Rocky and what makes Rocky so great and so wonderful that it uses that to its benefit, mm. you know. Mm. And um and I think because of that, it's it's just beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful what they do with Rocky. I think. I agree. I think yeah. this is a really really good film. I'm, I think we should probably it's so, actually it's so it's so uncynical and human. Mm. I I can't get over that fact. Because most of the shit that we go and watch is so dark and <laughs> it's true. No, it is true. It's like, it is true. Like, like cinema has become so, you know, beyond children's films, so like, I don't know, bleak. Mm. You know, um, whereas this, finally a movie comes along that's just like, you know, yeah, life is hard and tough, but, you know, and do you know together what I think? we stand strong. I think on that note... We should probably bring the show to an end. I think so, yeah. Because I think that we is... We went the distance. I think if we went the distance, yes. I think that is a perfect place to end it by saying, this is the film, out of the three films that we have talked about today, this is the film I say is a must watch. Yeah. You think, must go see this film. I think if I was like nominating for Oscars, I, I'd put Jordan up for Best Actor, Stallone for Supporting. i put Ryan Coogler up for Directing. And Best Picture, just, just yep. take it all out. Mm. Yeah, you know. Sweet. Uh, yeah, I think this is... Because Star Wars is not going to get up front for anything. It'll get, it'll get, it'll get like the, like the, like the original Star Wars film, it'll get seven Oscars all in technical categories. Yeah. Um, and that's to be yeah. expected. Yeah. And it'll make me cry, but not for the same reason. And it'll probably get nominated for best film, but yeah. it won't win. Yeah. Because that's what they do at the Oscars. If it won an Oscar for best film, if it won an Oscar for one of the actors, mm. or if it won an Oscar for its screenplay or its director, I would fall off my chair. Yeah. <laughs> I would absolutely fall Time off my chair. Time will tell what the better movie is going to be. Crush Groove or E.T. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> All right. So on that note, I think we should probably head ourselves out of this uh, studio because it is mm-hmm. getting a bit hot in here. Uh, we'll say if you disagree or agree with anything we've had to say today, you can send your feedback to feedback at geekactually.com or you can hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash geekactually. You can follow me personally on Twitter at David McVeigh. We also have a Twitter for at geekactually if you want that. Dave, where can people find you? Uh, on Twitter at Dave Longo. Yep. Is that it? Oh, yeah, I guess on Facebook. You've also got a comic book I think you're pushing. Oh, you? yeah, yeah, check it out. Inadequate <laughs> Do I have guys? to push you every step yeah. of the way? I don't know. I just wasn't thinking, wasn't thinking about it. Yeah, okay, fair enough. You've also got a comic book, Inadequate Gods, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, is that got its own website yet? Uh, I'm building. You're building yeah, it. I'm working okay. on that, yeah. uh, Just don't forget our sponsors as well, which is Good Games Hurstfield. Jamie, we miss you. We'll see you next time. I'm holding the chair for you, Jamie. <laughs> uh, so, Jamie Lawrence, uh, Good Games Hurstfield. You can find them on Facebook. Um, and he also curates uh, Geek Actually's Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So if you can also get in touch with him there. Uh, we also have a voicemail line, which I can't remember off the top of my head and I don't have any show notes. So. Uh, 1138. No, it's not 1138. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. Uh, we'll give a full list of credits next time around. Uh, our next film, I have no idea. It's two weeks. What's it in two would weeks? Be. Oh, not Star Wars yet. No. Uh, We're still oh, in the- Can we do The Lobster? <laughs> no, seriously, the lobster with a bit is... of butter and a little bit of garlic oh, sauce. Oh man! If you guys don't know what the lobster is, watch the trailer. The lobster is like up there in the best of the year. All right, well, let me have a watch the trailer. We'll yeah. make we'll, we'll make it. I a don't grab know if bag. we'll be able to find it. Though. We'll make it a grab bag. Yeah. We don't know what we're going to do in the next show. I would we'll just s- love to talk to you about the lobster. Maybe we'll do it as an, as an yeah, alternative. Yeah. Now, just to keep you up to uh, in the loop, we are. Going, Does anything come out before Star Wars? I don't know. We are going to be doing a Star Wars double hit when it comes out. There'll be a normal Geek Actually show, but there will also be a Star Wars show. So we're actually going to do that, and there may be more voices than just me and Dave. Mm -hmm. I don't know on on the Geek Actually, but the Star Wars show... Yeah, is just you and me. I have baby. a few fun things planned for this. Actually. Yeah, so just I'm you and me. Surprise, Dave. We kind of, we kind of went. You know what? There's a lot to talk about with Star Wars. It's a very big emotional time, mm-hmm. and we just feel like there is a moment where we just need to 
just geek. Yes. And so it's just going to be the two of us for however long that yeah. show goes for. But there will be a normal geek actually with mm-hmm. just a straight review as well. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure we'll have other people in the studio mm-hmm. for that as well. But anyway, we'll get to that. That's in what, three weeks you said, yeah? Yeah, 18 days, I believe. 18 days, good Lord. So we will squeeze in one more show before then. Um, and the film is a bit of a mystery at this point. So yes. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll figure that out. Um, that all being said, uh, I'm David. You're David as well. There's I'm two Ray. Dave. We're the two Davids. I'm Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do the. Um, you do. I'm Finn. And I'll do. I'm Ray. I think you know. I think. I think for this, I think we're not going to use the uh, geek actually theme to go out on. Mm-hmm. I think for this particular show, we may have to go out on a little bit of Survivor because it's just, it just feels appropriate at this time. So, Dave, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Dave. And we'll see you all next next show, two weeks from now.